in this episode, Denise Venieri and I talk about our transition from teaching to entrepreneurship. It's no easy task. For some people, it's a little easier, but the transition can be overwhelming. So listen in into this episode as we discuss our journeys, because it is not an easy one and we're still transitioning, but we're learning and sharing what we learn along the way. I am your host, Lily Jeanette. Once upon a time, this podcast was called Wine Down with Lil. But what we got out of this podcast were true lessons. Some days we talk about relationships, other days we talk about trauma recovery. Sometimes we laugh and sometimes we get checked. Ultimately, we share stories about the true lessons that we learn throughout our lives. I hope today's episode teaches you something. Are you ready for that light bulb moment? I hope so because True Lessons begins now. Welcome, Denise, to True Lessons. It's so awesome having having you here. And I just feel lucky. I feel lucky you were able to take time out of your busy schedule to join us and teach us about your lessons in your life, your experience. I think you're an amazing spirit. So I feel honored to have you here today. Oh, thank you. Honestly, it's like the pleasure is all mine. I'm, I love to connect with other people, especially people I have so much in common with. And, you know, whenever someone's like, hey, do you want to come on the podcast? I'm like, absolutely. This is so exciting. So I feel really grateful to you too to invite me, you know, into your space, into your community and just, you know, impart uh, what wisdom and experience I have to share with them. I love that. And I know you have your own podcast. I do. I do. Spiritual and Rich AF. <laughs> yes. I love that title. It's very, very catchy. And I had le- listened to some episodes prior to even connecting with you, meeting you at Steps, actually. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, I feel like I was meeting a celebrity. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about your journey. Um, tell us about what you do. We want to know everything about you, Denise. <laughs> All the things. Okay. Okay. So I'll, I'll try to keep it brief. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I'm a mom of three. I have a, a high schooler, a sixth grader, and a fourth grader. I'm married. I live in New Jersey. I grew up in New York. And growing up, I always wanted to be a teacher. It was just something that I think like I just, I never questioned. And so I went off, I became an educator. And I was an educator in New York City for 17 years. I was an adjunct professor, like I ate, slept and breathed. Um, high school literature and college humanities. And it was something that I identified very much with, Um, you know, growing up, uh, I'm a Latina. And, you know, my parents at the time when I was younger was very much about like, you got to get a good job, you got to make sure you go to school It was very much impressed upon my sister and I to do well in school. And, you know, getting a city job is very secure. And so I had already wanted to be a teacher, it checked all the boxes of what I was basically taught. And it was I think my, my parents taught me good lessons. It's what worked for them and helped them be successful. So I thank them for that. But, you know, getting into the education field after being in it for a long time, I saw a lot of changes from 2004 till now. And um, I just felt like something was off. Um, and I had done a yoga teacher training in 2011 and started teaching yoga. Mm. on the side. And it was kind of like the things that I did for myself, because I really loved it. So, you know, as 
when you when you're a high achieving woman and you're working full time and you have a family, sometimes self care can fall by the wayside. And I wanted something for me. And so teaching yoga kind of really filled that bucket. And I became very successful as a yoga teacher. I had a lot of people that went through yoga teacher trainings that I was on the faculty for that wanted like my secrets and, you know, wanted me to mentor them. And so I created a mentorship. And then what came from that was, you know, people asking about the business side of things, because I was doing very well as a yoga teacher and coach while working full time. And so now I'm a business coach. And what I help people do is package up their expertise and launch their own coaching or consulting business. And I just love it because I feel like there's so many women like you and I who are just brilliant women. And in careers or in places, maybe it's not so much the career could also just be the the particular company they're working for, where they're not really being appreciated for their genius, or there's like, very little boundary between personal life and work. And it's, you know, it's stressful, and toxic. And you know, when you're somebody who cares so much about other people can feel really hard to to leave but for some people it really is you know it's a matter of their health and their overall well-being and you know especially when you're passionate about something else and you can make a viable leap from your nine to five into your own business I'm like let's do it and so that's what I help people do today and I just love it um I work with some of the most incredible women and uh you know Every time someone tells me that, you know, they're closer to leaving their nine to five and being full time in their business or when they do, you know, send me a message, I put my, my, you know, my resignation in today. I just like, I feel like another human being is able to create really, truly a fulfilling life where they're getting paid for work that they love and they're able to create uh, a schedule for themselves where they get to show up however they, however they want to, they want to be a type of mom, they want to be a type of wife or a daughter or friend and the kind of business owner. Um, And they're able to really create that. That to me is like one of the most meaningful things. So. Oh, yeah. And I think for me, I hear you speak. There's so much that a lot of women can relate to. And I think one of the things that we don't get enough of is that support when we are transitioning when we are going, when we're leaving parts of us to welcome newer parts of us. And as women, we do undergo a lot of changes, whether it's emotional or physical, hormonal, whatever. Um, We also add on layers of the transitions of motherhood, even as a wife, and then career-wise. So what was the hardest thing for you when you were leaving the teaching career after 17 years? Oh, wow. Uh, you know, what's funny is I had had this goal for a few years. It was something I didn't, I wasn't one of those people that could just quit and leave. You know, mm-hmm. um, I had, I had a transition. I created a plan, exit plan for myself. Um, we were not financially in a place where, oh, I can just leave and I'll figure it out. Like I had to make sure my business um, was set up for me to be able to do that. And that took a little bit of time. And I had been so focused on that, that when the time came that my business had like checked all the boxes and I had the plan and I was, it said, I like the plan I thought in my mind I needed was like there, all of a sudden it became very real. Mm -hmm. And I had so much fear around leaving. I had, you know, uh, 
fear around leaving about, okay, is my business really going to work? Is this really going to, is this going to be the thing? Am I going to be able to really do this? And then there was also this sense of grief too, because again, this was something that I always wanted to do. I spent a lot of time, money, and energy, uh, becoming a teacher and then, you know, profe- you, you know, as a former te- educator, there's a lot of professional development that goes along while you're being a teacher. So, so much of my identity was wrapped up in that. And I love the kids. Like that really was something I, I, I really, really love the kids. I know I had an impact on so many of them. Um, and so that was hard to walk away from too. I, I definitely went through a grieving process. And lucky for me, I'm a coach. So I knew the value of hiring a life coach and working with somebody to help me with that transition. And, you know, it was something I worked with my clients on. But just because you can support somebody else doesn't mean that you can support yourself through it. I think that's um, a common misconception. And so I I worked with someone um, who really helped me process that emotion and helped me process and hold space for me during that transition so that I could make that transition. and I did it. And it, I'm not saying it was super easy. Some of my clients, they're like, I'm out. <laughs> they got no drama. I wasn't one of those people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think that that was, you know, I was an advocate for myself and got the kind of support that I needed to help me with that. That's amazing. I think that um, your exit plan is the most realistic and practical way to really start something new. For me, I knew I was going to transition out before my last year of teaching. I was like, something is completely off. And at the same time, I was actually um, in the middle of, I was two-way. It was two-way. It was either I was going to advance into my administrative position I had already been licensed for, for principal, Mm -hmm. or I was going to exit. And so I was like, I'm going to prepare for either. And then I was like, there's no way you can do both. But somehow I was like, listen, life is always throwing you curveballs. So I was like, prepare for, you know, a promotion or for an exit. And it was so hard to do because it's almost like you're having one foot in, one foot out. But one thing I had was the ability to go either way because I didn't actually need to teach. I didn't need financially my husband's business has always been able to pull through, always has been the thing. So I was extremely lucky that it wasn't stressful where I could I could say, you know, forget it, like forget this or forget that. I had the option to not have to create such an exit plan. But what I wish I would have done was um, understand it's not just an exit plan. There's also more after that. Um, you know, like really setting up the business aspect of things, but I'm, I've held myself, you know, with a lot of grace and a lot of patience and I'm just learning as I go and I'm still new to everything. And in the past, I was very hard on myself. Like, oh, I was the first high school graduate, first college graduate in the family. And so I was like, what's next? And then I was a teen mom. So I felt like I had to prove myself over and over that I was valuable, that I was worthy of love, that I was worthy of acceptance, that I wasn't a failure. So I, you know, clinged on to that identity of a teacher, because if I didn't, then I was failing at that. You know, I failed at being a kid, so I can't fail at being an adult. Like I can't do that. (laughs) So at some point I was like, but who am I doing this for? What really drove me to 
not love what I do anymore. And that's where I was like, if I don't love what I do teaching, what makes me think I'm going to love it as an administrator? And maybe I'll come back to it later. Who knows? I'm not going to shut the door, but I am going to give myself the opportunity to do right. something different and not do it because at six years old, I said I wanted to be a teacher and I have to, you know, prove my daddy wrong who said, oh my God, you know, you're not going to be anything. So I stopped operating from trauma and I decided to transition and operate from everything that I have learned. And instead of being angry or emotional about it, I was like, thank you. You know, thank you for the years I was in education. Thank you for everything you taught me, whether it was hurtful or inspiring. I took it with me and I'm still in that transition phase. Like I haven't finished like that full first like, school year. I think mm -hmm. once that happens, I'll be like, okay, I went around one year kind of because around Christmas it hit me. Like it was different. Like mm -hmm. I watched holiday movies with the kids and we talked about what was going to happen during the break. And the energy was so vibrant, whether it was about gifts or it was about family and food and culture, it was always exciting. And I didn't get that this year. So that was interesting, but Transition is hard. We don't talk enough about transition. Sometimes we skip over that part, but it is very difficult, very difficult to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what you're saying too, like about, you know, is it going to get better if I just switch, right? Yeah. And I switch my position, you know, um, if I don't like it now, am I really going to like it later? And I think that I had that moment because it was, you know, I started teaching when I was very young and, you know, a lot of people were, of course, mirroring back to me some of my own beliefs, which was, you know, I have a pension and I have a TDA account and, you know, and I know that a lot of people who are in these, you know, other types of careers, they also have that. And to leave that um, can be very scary. And, you know, it's not, the, it's definitely not the right choice for everybody, but for me, it really came down to like, I have 17 years under my belt and in order to collect on retirement, I'd have to do another 17. And I was like, these last six were rough. This, I have not been feeling as fulfilled and, you know, do I really want to do another 17 years? And here's the truth is that I couldn't go, I could go back if I want to. And I think just knowing that, like, they're always going to need teachers. Mm -hmm. I don't have to teach in New York. I can teach anywhere. Like if I really want to dip my toe back into it, I can. And that created a little bit more comfort for me. So for those yes. of you, you know, those of your, your listeners who might be thinking about this transition, like just because you leave whatever job you are in to grow a business, or maybe it's to leave one, you know, one, one place and go to another place or move up and take yeah. on a different role. Like it's not set in stone. Like you can pivot again and pivot again and pivot again. Like all of that is allowed. And I think like once I gave myself that permission, and it sounds like once you gave yourself that permission as well to just like, just go for it, um, knowing that you could go back if you want to, right? Like it's what allows you to like test the waters and really just see because do you want to wait 15, 20 years and then try? Like that's a long time, especially, yeah. if you're, especially if you're burnt out, especially if you're stressed, especially if you're just, even if you're just not feeling like your heart is in it anymore. Yeah, you're right. And I tested that theory very early on after I said I wasn't going to teach anymore. I was going to become like a full on entrepreneur. I said, you know what, let me go on an interview. And I interviewed and they called me right away and said, like, it's yours if you want it. And that gave me such a sense of relief, to be honest, because I was like, if they don't even want me as a principal, who's going to hire me as a you know, teacher? I really got in my own head, actually. And I was like, mm. how can I leave if I don't know if I can come back? That honestly, 
And I was, I was more like 80% no and 20% yes, but I felt like I needed to prove to myself, no longer anybody else, but myself that I can come back and that I am good and that other districts, even way closer to home would want me. And this place was 20 minutes away. So I was like, wow, I could come back. You know, I could do this. And that really motivated me to move forward. But also, yes, having the financial cushion is the biggest part because I know that I'm good in that area. But I know that a lot of people struggle with that. But I love that you mentioned you created a plan. You know, you do need a plan. You need to save. You need to sacrifice. You need to do that. Yeah. And I tell people, like all my clients, uh, my philosophy is not to quit right away. That is my philosophy. And, you know, for a lot of my clients, and I'm sure some of your people are like, well, how do you do it? Like, how do you find the time? And, you know, I think that's because people think you need a lot of time to work in your business. And the truth is, whatever time I I teach this as a mindset shift to all my clients, I'm like, whatever time you do have, it's the perfect amount of time to get started. If you only have five hours a week, that has to be the right amount of time for you to get started because it's all you got. Unless you quit, you're not going to manifest more time. So if it's five hours a week that you can find to work on your business, then that's the perfect amount of time. And then it's getting very clear about how you want to use that time. Right. And some of my clients are in the position where they can phase out, like if they're working five days, they can go down to four and then three. Right. Some of my clients are nurses. So they're they already have, you know, they're working two, you know, two 12 hour shifts, three 12 hour shifts, and then they're off. So they can work on their business a little bit more. But for someone who's truly in like, you know, a nine to five or a seven to three, wow. you know, I saw clients on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. It wasn't ideal. Do I want to see clients on Saturdays from seven to 11? No. But it's what I, it's where I found time, right? Mm -hmm. On my, you know, before I left for work in the mornings, I'm drinking my coffee, I'd be writing content and posting it on, you know, posting it later in the day. I did consults on Tuesday evenings after I got home from work and I asked for help. That was the other thing. I I asked my husband, I said, Hey, I'm going to need some support here with dinners and laundry and you know, my in-laws, they happen to move a few miles away. Um, so they, they, they actually lived a little closer. So can you take, you know, my son to his hockey game this weekend? I, I can't do it. I'm, I have clients, you know. So there was, there were, you know, and I'm putting sacrifices in air quotes because it, it didn't feel like a sacrifice to me. It didn't feel hard. It just felt like this is what I need to do if I really want to see this through. And I was willing to do it. And then I did have a plan with my husband. We sat down and we looked at finances. We got very clear on what like six months worth of finances would look like in our bank account to cushion. Um, and then what I needed to do once I, once I left to make sure that my business kept moving in the right direction. Oh my God. I love that because for me, I'm, I'm learning that now and I'm being very honest and, and open and vocal about the fact that I am learning how to delegate Um my husband is away for work a lot. He's a truck driver. So I learned to just take care of things without asking anyone because I haven't been able to rely on anyone. No one lives close to us. Um, everyone has their own things going. So I really just went on being hyper-independent and just not uh, relying on anyone to the point where if my husband's around, I forget that he's more than capable of doing something like, you know, go for a target run for me, or, you know, can you take the car for the oil change then, or, you know, pick the kid up from wherever. And I'm like, and then he's like, relax, I'm right here. What do you need? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how to ask for it. (laughs) But 
it's it feels like a sacrifice when you're used to being that overachiever and doing it all on your own. And I keep reiterating this thing too with people like, listen, Jesus had 12 whole disciples and he didn't do it alone. So why should we? Like we're human too. And like there is no reason why anybody should be doing anything alone, really. And there should be a team. And I love how you mentioned earlier you know, the value of, an, of a life coach. And we shouldn't hold back from reaching out to other sources that are there to help us. And it is important to rely on, you know, your family, your spouse. And that's something I'm learning now. I'm learning how to do. And my kids are older, but my fear is counting on them too much where then they're like, hello, like, cause that happened to me. I, you know, I was heavily counted on in the home and I didn't get to participate in anything after school, you know, be that normal teen because at home I had to cook clean, pick up a sibling from here and like be a mom. So I'm always like afraid to ask my kids to help out. Like even with dishes, I'm like, no, go do your homework instead or just go be a kid, go listen to, to some music or whatever, be a kid. So mm-hmm. I, I really did put that idea in my head that, you know, asking for help is a sign of weakness. But I'm working on that. And it's important to do that because it takes a village and it takes a lot of trusting to to really count on that village. It's not easy when you're used to doing everything on your own. No. And I think that was a great unlearning for me as well was, um, you know, when you're ambitious and your identity is wrapped up in success, right? Like what it means to be setting a goal and then going after it, like, I I think like I learned to really hustle and, you know, felt like I needed to prove myself, right, as being an educator and, you know, um, just kind of always wanting to raise the bar for myself. And then when I transitioned into my business, I had a lot more time on my hands. And you would think that, you know, to the average person, great, you have all this time, but it created so much discomfort for me because I felt like I wasn't doing enough. Because I had like trained my nervous system to like go, go, go and be in that like, so like do, do, do energy, like all day from switch tasking and moving from, you know, school to, to, to mom and then business coach and then, you know, teach yoga and then, you know, try to go to the gym. And then all of a sudden I had like more time than I knew what to do with. And that became overwhelming. Like I had to retrain my body to rest. I had to retrain my brain that it was actually like safe. Yeah. For like to some of your people, they might be like, what is she talking about? I would love yeah. a nap. But like literally laying down on the couch to take a nap felt so like it felt like I was doing something wrong. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. And I had to retrain yeah. my nervous system that like it's okay to not hustle 24-7. It's okay to like just be with yourself and relax and rest. Um, and it's okay to not work 50 hours a week. Like yes. it's okay to work. It's okay to work twenty, and when like the day is done, it's done. Yes, yes. I love that you said that because I'm in that moment right now. I would feel guilty if I'm like, oh, I should take a bath. No, but you know what? I should start on laundry or I should do something else. And I always felt guilty for taking care of me. And I'm learning that you know there's power in resting and there's power in quality of work and not quantity of work also you know people yeah. working 60 hours a week 75 hours a week is something to flex and i'm like no it's not you're you're overworked you're exhausted and you're probably unhealthy on certain levels <laughs> like that's nothing to to really you know brag about and you know i think 
a lot of our culture is about that, right? The, the Latin culture is about hustle, 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 don't stop. Because if you do, you're considered lazy. Like, and I'm like, no, um, I'm human. And so I, I'm in that process of learning to embrace the rest and learning to embrace the quality of coaching and networking and connecting with people. So I'm still on a learning curve, but I am appreciative of the support I get, even through your posts. And, you know, just a reminder, like you did it, other people can do it too. Sometimes you just need that, that one word, that one phrase to remind you, like you got this. To me, that's reaffirming of the journey. No, we need that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I take the lessons I learned and, you know, from my own personal experience and also just my expertise and, you know, I weave that into my business and I remind my clients and I remind my audience all the time, like I'm human too. Like, please don't put me on a pedestal. You know, I like to really, you know, even inside my, my pro, I have a, a program, um, you know, I tell all my clients in that program, like, yes, this is my program. It's my process. And like, I created it, but like, I'm, we're, we're co-facilitating this space. Um, because I want them to be, you know, autonomous in their business. They're the CEO of their life and their business. And, you know, I think that that's such a, a, a good reminder to just to me that like, you know, putting stuff into your audience, like just showing up in a way that is true for you is your truth. Like that can inspire other people. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, living in our truth has to come with some spiritual awakening of some sort. <laughs> it leads me to spiritual AF. Tell the yeah. listeners about your podcast. When did you start podcasting and what it's yeah. really about? Because the title is so enticing. <laughs> so um, so I started podcasting over two years ago. And I had wanted a podcast, I think, when like nobody even knew what a podcast was. But I was so afraid to to do it. And I was like, what am I going to talk about? People aren't going to want to listen. I had all that you know, drama. And then one day I just was like, I'm going to get over myself. I have a desire. I'm a teacher. I'm a natural teacher. I love open discussion. I'm just going to go for it. And even if yeah. nobody listens to it, like I'm doing it for me. And, um, you know, in the beginning, I spoke a lot about that transition from the nine to five into your business and like what that, what mindset shifts to make. Um, and then, you know, I've been a yoga teacher for over a decade and it was something that I noticed with people of all faiths right? You know, whatever, if you're, if you're of faith, or you identify as somebody, you know, who's spiritual, there's often this um, kind of like this, this mindset around money, that it's like, you can't be both. Like mm -hmm. you either are spiritual, and you're faithful. And, you know, you're, you're quote, unquote, trying to be a good person, or you can be rich. Mm. As, as if the two are connected, right? Uh, you know, or mutually excuse, exclusive. And I don't believe that that's true, right? And I think that's what actually, I don't think there's anything holy about poverty any more than I think there's anything holy about being wealthy. And so kind of the spirit of spiritual and rich AF is that you can be a spiritual person, you can be impact driven and be a good human being that wants to impact others. And you can you can live a wealthy, rich life that's not just rich with experience and relationships and connection, but also rich in prosperity and abundance. Like you can have both. 
I love that. And I was going to ask you, actually, if when you went into your yoga teacher certification and training, was that something that initiated your thought about going and venturing out? Was that part of your spiritual journey? Or would you say that was exclusive and then somehow ended up later on developing in your life? No. So I found yoga in a gym, as a lot of people did a long time ago, 20 yeah. years ago, um, because there was like one yoga studio and now there's, they're everywhere. But I started practicing yoga, uh, I think it was 18 and I'm 40. So it's been a good long time. Um, and when I moved to New Jersey, they didn't have the yoga in the gym. So I was like, okay, I got to find a yoga studio. And there was one yoga studio. And I noticed immediately, I was like, oh, there's a difference between like yoga at the gym versus like yoga in the studio. Mm -hmm. And it, it just, it just piqued my interest. I think of myself as a lifetime learner. I love being a student. I love taking courses and things like that. So I said, oh, I, I, maybe I'll learn a little more about yoga. And that really you know, I just went down the rabbit hole. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. So I have multiple yoga trainings. I've studied Ayurveda, you know, energy work, you name it. It's, it's, I've probably taken a workshop on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I think a lot of teachers can connect, especially those who did do a lot of like trainings and workshops. And we're always constantly trying to be a better educator and having you know, the proper training under our belt to be able to bring education to our students the best way possible because it's always evolving you know you can't start teaching today and assume in 20 years it's going to be like it is now it's not in a year it's going to change again so you have to constantly get with the program and learn new programs literally <laughs> like all the yes. time so it does become very natural to always want to learn and get certified and do things the right way and then tweak it to our yeah. audience our students our clients mm -hmm. i think that's just very normal and natural for us to do but it's been amazing having you on. Um, I feel like we could go on forever. And I know that we will collaborate in the future again. Yes. And I look forward to doing that and seeing you in person again. <laughs> yes, I would love to, Lily. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on, too. Of course. Of course. Tell our listeners where they can find you, because I'm sure a lot okay. of people are going to want to connect. Okay, awesome. So the podcast is Spiritual and Rich AF, and it's on all major podcasting outlets. And the, my favorite place to hang out is Instagram. So I'm at Denise Grenieri. Um, I know that last name's a doozy, but it's D-E-N-I-S-E. Grenieri is V as in Victor, E-R-N-I-E-R-I. -E -E and come say hi to me. I will definitely talk to you in the DMs. I don't ignore people. So yeah. <laughs> I do. I do ignore some people. I ignore the whole, hey, how are you? I'm selling this. And I'm like, All no, right. those people I block and delete. But if you're, if, if you're a real human being, yeah, right. you say hi, or you're like, I heard you on, on, on Lily's podcast and you want to, you know, say hi, or you have a question for me, I will definitely chat you up. <laughs> Absolutely. Just be, just be a real human. <laughs> Absolutely. Denise, you're an inspiration. Continue to do oh. the work. And I do look forward to working with you, not just on the podcast, but you'll be in my coach as well. I do look forward to that. Oh. So thank you for your energy today. Oh, thank you so much, Lily. This episode is brought to you by Empowered Majesty Team, where life coaches guide, help restore, help heal, help motivate others to be their highest self. The world needs healing. So why not empower others through life coaching? Everyone is here to serve their highest purpose and is majestical in their own unique way. Let Empowered Majesty Team help you. It takes a village to raise a child, but it also takes a village to help people along their journeys. As life coaches, 
We are here to ensure we support the world's healing journey. To book our services or for a free discovery call, visit empoweredmajestyteam.com. Again, that is empoweredmajestyteam.com. Let's heal together. True Lessons would not be in its fifth season without your support. Please rate the podcast and review and continue to share what True Lessons has done for you. Until next time, mi gente. Cheers. Thank you.